0: Welcome back to the Good Do Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Thomas, and here's another episode of my show. <laughs> well, today I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking about for a couple of days. I don't know if anybody listening to this follows me on Instagram or Facebook, but you you absolutely should. It's it's always inspiring and very professional, might I add. <laughs> but the other day I was at the park with my girls and we were playing around and, and my little one, Marge who has definitely got the strongest attitude and, and is always a, you know, kind of a, a go-getter, so to speak, had a moment where she just was completely in fear. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't it was even anything special or anything she hadn't done before. She was standing on one side of, of the, like, playscape thing, and they have one of those, uh, we, we call it a bouncy bridge, essentially it's it's like a really thick piece of rubber that kind of sags in the middle that that crosses between the two platforms and you walk on it and it kind of bounces a little bit you know and and it's it's very safe obviously but for whatever reason she was terrified of it she would not walk across it and it's not something she hasn't done before she's done it before we just haven't been there in a while so it's been it's been a minute since she's seen it or tried it But the whole time we were there, she would walk up to the edge and try to get the nerve to go across and then she wouldn't and she would make up an excuse or I remember one time she got to the edge and she's she was about to do it and she looks at me and she's like, I I think I like just going around the other way. And she would turn around and walk down, climb down the other side and and came up on the other side so she can go down the slide. And so I'm I'm trying to motivate her and, and trying to kind of get her past this this fear that she has because she's done this before. This is something she obviously wants to do because she keeps going back to it and she wants to take that step and she wants to be a big girl like her big sister. And But there's just some kind of mental block that's preventing her. And so we we do it once or twice where, where she holds my hand and, and then one time I kind of let go of her hand in the middle and she starts walking and she makes it all the way across. And then I record her getting up the strength or the nerve to to cross by herself and i mean there it is the funniest video i've watched it dozens of times she goes through this roller coaster of finding the courage and then losing it and then i'm going to do it and then no i'm not i'm done and then like there's a period of just anger you know where i'm trying to to not yell at her, but I'm I'm trying to motivate her and get her excited and, and you know, be loud so it's fun. And, and she yells at me and she's mad and then she's excited. And then I kind of had to trick her a little bit to get her to go. She said, you know, I'll hold your hand again. So I told her, well, you I'll put my hand in the middle and you walk to my hand and then you can hold it. And by the time she had gotten to my hand, she didn't need it anymore and found that she made it all the way across. And I was really excited for her. And she was ready. She was like, I'm going to turn around and go right back now and and just kept going and did it several more times after that. But it was it was the moment, I think, before she made it across the first time that kind of resonated with me because it it was truly fear. She wasn't putting on. She wasn't making it up. She wasn't doing it for attention. It wasn't something that she could control. I mean, at, at four years old, you're not really concerned with that and it was just us at the park so it wasn't like there was other people that she was trying to get them to watch her or anything like that so she was truly afraid for whatever reason of crossing this bridge she was able to get past it and she obviously walked in several times and I mean it's not exactly like you know jumping off a cliff or anything but at the same time for her in that moment that was fear and she felt it completely so that got me thinking: How does fear really affect us in our everyday lives? Because it's something that we all feel every single day, varying degrees and, and varying periods of of logic, I suppose is the best way to say that. In that, you know, sometimes being afraid of things makes sense. I am afraid of things that could hurt me or physically, or I, you know, I'm afraid of something that that I've always been afraid of. Or sometimes it's things that are very, very personal to you. Some people are terrified of speaking in front of people. Some people are afraid of snakes. Some people, you know, it's very, very individualized. And there are a bunch of different levels of fear, I think, as well, as you grow. And as you age, your fears very much change. Let me also say, before I get too deep into this, I did take two classes of psychology while in college, so pretty much an expert, just throwing that out there. But I feel like even though I don't have a lot of specific training on fear, I have experienced it in a lot of different ways and I'm very cognizant of its effect on me personally and the others around me. So. I think when you're when you're growing up as a, as a child you're sort of developing your your fear basis you're you're starting to know what scares you and and figure out how you can manage that fear because that's at the end of the day that's what it comes down to um you know you'll hear a lot about people say oh you have to manage your fear or you have to conquer your fears I think that's true in some cases. I, I think there are some things that you can train your mind and your body, because I feel like that's a factor as well, to, to push past or, or to not be afraid of anymore. So if, for example, if, if you are afraid of public speaking, which is very, very common, um, and I think everybody is, even if they are confident in public speaking, some point in time, you're going to have a little bit of a freak out where you're about to go on stage and you don't feel prepared or you don't feel like you're the expert or whatever the case may be, whatever's driving that fear, fear of failure, uh, you name it. You're going to have a moment where you're afraid. So the more you do that activity, so the more you get up in front of people, maybe you start with just one person then you move on to two or three and then you move on to 10 and then you move on to 20. Every time you do that, you become less afraid. You become more comfortable because it stops being foreign. It stops being something that is abnormal and it becomes something that you do. It's just something about who you are instead of being something strange that is not something that you do typically. So the fear lessens. And in some cases, it can abate completely. But most of the time, always a little touch of that. So... I have to do a lot of marketing procurement stuff for my job. So I'm constantly going into interviews and meetings where I'm meeting potential clients or people who were competing with and against to try to win projects. And sometimes these projects are huge. I mean, we're talking millions and millions of dollars and a lot of that pressure can cause a, a fearful reaction. You know, if I do a bad job, then my company doesn't win the project. And then, Maybe they can't afford to pay me, and then what's going to happen? And you see how you can run down the rabbit hole with fear in that case. But at the beginning, it's much more simple. So when you're a young child, you have fears that affect you, and you can learn to manage some of those. As you grow up, I think your fears become more complicated, or you make them more complicated. Like I just used for that example... It's not the fear of just getting up there and speaking. No, I don't think anybody's afraid of speaking. What they're afraid of is the judgment. What they're afraid of is the retribution of failure. So we create these, these systems in our minds that make us afraid. So when we are going forward, when we're looking at, okay, how, how does this fear affect me? What, is it, what does it mean for me? What do I do about it when it happens? Well, I think once again, unfortunately, everybody is incredibly personal or individualized, I should say. What works for me may or may not work for you. If you look at the example with my my daughter trying to walk across the bouncy bridge, my younger one responds well to like direct motivation. Get them excited, get, you yell at her, you fuss, not fuss necessarily, but you shout, you get emotions high, you, you get the, the blood pumping, the adrenaline's going and that motivates her. That helps her accomplish the task because she is confrontational. She is a fighter, so to speak. She enjoys that, that part of, of life and, and interaction. She pushes back, you know, that's who she is. My other daughter, my older daughter is not that way at all. So if you hit her hard with like direct motivation, you know, come on, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Don't quit. Don't quit. You know, she's going to shut down. She doesn't respond well to that sort of motivation. It, for her, you need to coax her. You need to explain why, okay, babe, you've done this before. We, I'm going to be right here beside you. Nothing can go wrong. You have to convince her that she is not only is she capable, but that she will be safe if she's not capable. In looking at just that small example, you can see how everybody has a slightly different approach that required to get around certain fears, and then throw in another monkey wrench on top of that. Depending on the fear, it may require a different stimulus to to manage it than something else. If for the same person is what i'm saying at. so you know maybe yelling at marge to get her to cross the bridge really really works that time but if she's afraid to hold a snake at the zoo maybe yelling at her in that case is not going to be effective and i have to read that i have to understand that to be able to get her to move past that and manage that fear she has to i have to know what. What stage of emotion she's in in order to properly motivate her and that's super complicated In my job and in my military career. I manage a lot of people. I I'm in charge of a lot of people and The way you motivate people in different circumstances is vastly different so the way I would motivate somebody to get past fear on a Convoy in Baghdad in a gun truck would be significantly different then the way I would motivate somebody working on a design project that they don't feel confident in their ability to design. Because that's very common. That expectation that's placed on them, they don't feel like they can meet it. And so that freeze kind of mentality comes in. Whereas in combat, you don't have that option you freeze and you die. It's better to run. So we we don't have that luxury to kind of coax you necessarily in a combat situation. Whereas in the office, it's unprofessional for me to shout at a guy or a girl and say, get it done, get it done. You can do it. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that'd be kind of counterproductive. So understanding the fear and the situational awareness is a huge part of it of being able to manage not only your fear, but then also the fear of, of your team members and, and the people that you're around. So if you look at how fear progresses and, and the different types of fears that you feel throughout your life, you'll start to see they become less direct as they did when you were a child. In some cases, they maintain. Some people are afraid of spiders. They'll always be afraid of spiders. That's just how it is. Some people are afraid of heights. They're just afraid of heights. But typically, your fears change significantly as your life changes. So as a child, you're mostly afraid of physical fear, things that can hurt you or or things that you perceive can hurt you. And then as you grow up, it becomes much more of an emotional pain that you're fearful of or significant fear of failure. Now, I think some people feel that a lot when they're when they're kids i know i personally that was always one of my driving forces was a fear of failure letting people down being afraid to not live up to expectations and and even today that would i would say was my number one fear if i had to pick one thing most of my actions are driven by a fear of failure in whatever activity i'm trying to accomplish but as you grow up they become much more emotional subjective and and complicated so like i said younger child fear of mostly physical harm things that hurt you high school now you're starting to develop fear of rejection you've experienced rejection most likely you're starting to get into that romantic age (laughs) if you can call teenage romances actually romances you know your fear fear of rejection by Chicks or dudes as you're trying to date, you have fear of rejection from friend groups that you're trying to be a part of, college applications, et cetera. As you're in college, now you're looking at, you know, you still have that, you still have the ones you had before, so you got to manage those, but now you have most likely fear of the future because you're reaching a very crucial turning point. You're going to have a fear of expectation, where you feel like people are putting expectations on you when you graduate you have to have a job immediately upon that and it's got to be a great career you know it's to keep it up with the joneses kind of fear uh, what if what if my buddy gets a job and he's making 50 grand and I'm only making 35 i mean that's what does that say about me so you you have that fear of expectation and then as you get married and and you have kids i think that the game shifts completely Because once again, you're still keeping all the fear you had before. You still got, you know, you're still afraid of spiders. (laughs) That didn't go away. But now you're afraid for the people that you're responsible for. So specifically in my case, I'm married and have two kids and I provide for them. That's my responsibility. So if I lose my job, how do I provide for them? How How do they get taken care of? You know that's a that's a huge fear, and that's a very real feeling that most adults feel once they transition into that father husband wife mother, kind of role from being a single person, even when you're dating, there's still that disconnect where you're not fully responsible for this person's well being whereas when you transition into that, that family life, now you're afraid for the other people, which just compounds the fear so If I know that my wife is concerned about something, I too am concerned about her being concerned, even if it's something that I'm not worried about. If I know something is stressing her out, then I'm stressed out, even if it's something I've totally worked through and know it's going to be fine. There's still that added stress or added fear on me because I'm responsible for her. And kids take it to the next level. I mean, geez Louise, anybody that's had a kid, understands that you're terrified 90% of the time, like they start learning how to crawl and walk and they are just a danger to themselves and everybody around them. You're afraid for their lives. You're afraid for yours. You're afraid for your stuff. I mean like it's constant and it's funny because the cycle kind of starts over. So when you were a kid, you were afraid of getting hurt. You were afraid of that physical harm to yourself. When you have a kid, you're afraid for their physical self, especially at first. You're trying to keep them from hurting themselves—banging their head on the coffee table, falling down in the in the bathtub, falling off the play scape, falling down when they're they're learning to ride their bikes. All of those things are fear of physical harm, but for somebody else, and that just adds to the stress that you're feeling and compounds the effects of the fear that you already have. Moving forward, as they start to develop social relationships, as they try to join teams, now you feel a fear for them of rejection, of acceptance, you know, of of all these things that you anticipate that they're going to experience. But it's not even for you. It's for somebody else. So fear is a sneaky little bugger. And even if you think you've conquered that in your own life, Throw you a nice big curveball as soon as you have kids, and you have to redo that for them because now you have less control. For me, I don't fear physical harm, mostly because I've been hurt so many times. I know that it's not the end of the world. But for my little girl, if if she gets a skinned knee, like. That's horrible. I feel terrible. I'm terrified of her, you know, getting a cut or a scar or breaking her arm and having to deal with that pain because I know what it's like and I know how hard it is to move past and I don't want her to have to deal with that. So I've mastered, so to speak, that fear or I've managed it in my own life. But now I have to learn how to manage it for somebody else or at least come to some acceptance. So now that I've rambled on for 20 minutes about all the fear that, you know, is everywhere and we're all scared all the time and oh my goodness, throw my hands up in the air and run around like a crazy person. Right? Well, no, that's, that's not really an option. I would say that most people throughout the day feel and manage fear almost constantly. You know, when you're looking at things that scare you or that, it don't necessarily scare you if you don't like that terminology, but make your heart race, make you apprehensive, however you want to word it, make you feel afraid. You typically get past pretty easily and everybody's method to get past it. I think is, is different. When I was younger, before we had kids, especially even when I was married, you know, my mantra, especially when I was in the military was, I'm going to adapt it slightly Forget it. You can imagine what I actually thought and said. So if something came at me that I didn't know how it was going to go, I was just like, you know what? Forget it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Nothing I can do about it. And I would just charge in. So, you know, in in combat situations, in in almost anything where I was afraid of the outcome, I just charged in headfirst and said, whatever happens, happens. And that's a very cavalier attitude and mentality. And I'm certainly not suggesting that you do that, you know, in all cases or any cases. But for me, it got me past that fear. It got me past a fear of failure. It got me past a fear of physical harm. So, you know, if we're about to go out on a mission and I have a moment where, holy cow, I don't know if I'm ready for this or I don't know if I planned well enough for this or I don't know what's going to happen. You know what? Forget it. Let's go and just move out, just get moving. Because once I started moving, for me, my brain shut off. I wasn't sitting there considering all the possible outcomes. And that's what fear is when you really think about it. Fear is anticipation of something that may not ever happen. So when you're looking at something, whatever that fear may be, you're concerned about a future response or a future action that hasn't happened yet because once it's happened, now you're dealing with that situation. The fear is, is, is all the buildup. Once you're in it, you're in it and there's no going back. So for me, I just had to get started. I had to get moving. I had to get going. And then that fear would dissipate because now I'm working on the activity. I am focused on what I'm trying to accomplish and I can move past it. Now I have to take a little bit more of a, a logical approach or a little bit more reasoned approach because you know, that forget it mentality doesn't really apply because at that time I was okay with being incapacitated, defeated as my kids say, uh, but it, but that was something I had rationalized. I said, you know what, if, if it, if today's my day, it's my day. And I was okay with it. I, I had made my peace with it and I was ready to move on. And so I was able to use that mentality. But now, let's say something happens to me bad physically just because that's the easiest to understand. And I'm, you know, in a wheelchair or I'm physically incapacitated where my, my family has to take care of me now and I can't take care of them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to put that in a negative light, but what I am saying is that would change our family dynamics significantly. And that fear of, of losing my responsibility or not following through on my responsibility for my family is ever present. You know, so if I if I lose my job, like I said before, who's gonna provide for my family? How are my kids going to eat? How are you know, how are we gonna pay for our, our house and school and everything else? So I can't just say, you know what, forget it. If I lose my job, I lose my job, because that's not an option. I need to have a backup plan. I need to have a concern. So my reasoned approach now leans a lot more to, okay, I'm going to do the best I can. And if it doesn't work out, I have fallback plans, B, C, D, and E, and, and those can sustain us. They may not be optimal and they may not be fantastic, but they get me through this. So let's go. And that's kind of the way I approach it now. When I, when I feel that fear is I try to look at one where I've been and then two, what can what's the worst case scenario, and how can I manage that? Because I feel like if I can manage the worst case scenario, then anything that happens short of that is is a win. You know, so for me, that approach works really well. I also think fear is useful, and I recognize that when you feel a little fear, your adrenaline goes up, you get excited, you're more aware. Sometimes you're hyper aware, you get cognizant of potential consequences and outcomes that you may not have noticed if you're just happy go lucky. So fear is definitely a good thing. It's useful, not just in the physical space, but if you're looking at the mentality of fear being used in a workplace scenario where you're not getting shot at or you're not worried about jumping off the edge of something or trying to lift a heavy weight, you can utilize it to focus on possible courses of action that could happen if your initial plan doesn't work and that'll help you identify potential problem areas. You know, so if you're trying to do a design and you're looking at the structural design, you say, okay, if this doesn't work, how is it going to fail? And you look at where it's going to fail, what's going to happen if this bridge falls down and you can reinforce those or at least plan for them to say, okay, if this does happen, we can mitigate risk in areas x y and z but if you weren't afraid that it was going to fall down you would never identify that you would never mitigate the risk that happens a lot that's that's why things fail catastrophically as we say in instructional engineering when things fall down completely as opposed to failing slightly giving you enough time to fix the situation before it fails completely so if a bridge falls down completely that's never supposed to happen all right You're supposed to design redundancy. And so I look at that in my professional life as well, in almost everything that I'm doing. How can I design redundancy to help abate that fear? But you have to have the fear first before you can look at doing that. You see what I'm saying? I hope I didn't confuse everybody in that case. So in closing, I just want to say that fear is ever present. It's, it's not something that just goes away. And I believe that anybody says that they're not afraid is full of it because everybody's afraid of something or in some way. I also believe that you can fully manage fear and move past it. Disclaimer, there are some psychological conditions and disorders where you are physically unable or mentally unable to move past it by yourself. I understand that, but... There are degrees of improvement, so if you're afraid of heights, then maybe you're not rock climbing El Capitan, but maybe you could fly in a plane. You know what I'm saying? So, like everything else, there's degrees of efficiency and there's there's levels that we are capable of achieving and understanding where your where your max is is a big part of that, but you can always push a little bit more. you can always improve a little bit and that's part of it so if you're terrified of something and it's something that's always frightened you i would challenge you to start analyzing okay why am i afraid what's the worst that's going to happen what's going to happen if i accomplish this what will i be able to do look at it in a positive light uh you know i work out at at crossfit a lot and i think that's a, a great microcosm of society and 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 personality and culture you see people that are afraid of certain movements. There are people who are terrifi- terrified of jumping up onto a box, you know, like 24-inch box, 20-inch box, whatever. They're so scared of taking that leap. And then when they finally get it, it is amazing. It's inspiring. I mean, I watch videos all the time online of like a sixty year old woman jumping onto a 12 inch box and the and the gym just loses it. I mean the whole gym goes crazy it's a twelve inch box it's really not that high. but the fact is that she overcame her fear. she beat something that was preventing her you know she she moved past it, and that it resonates with everybody. It is inspiring because We've all been there, whatever the case may be. Maybe your, your fear is not a 12-inch box. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's fear of speaking, public speaking. Maybe it's fear of failure. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe you're afraid of, of dogs and, and your kids want to get a dog. I, I don't know. But in life, you're going to be faced with those fears. And I would challenge you to address them and not avoid them. I'm not suggesting that if you're afraid of dogs that you go out and buy a German Shepherd. I am suggesting that you look at yourself, you look at the fear, you understand what's motivating that and what it's preventing you to do. Now, if you're afraid of dogs and you don't ever want to get a dog and nobody around you needs to get a dog, don't get a dog. You know, Don't don't just arbitrarily pick fears that have no real effect on your life, but focus on the things that are preventing you from the relationships or the activities that you really want to do. So, basically... Good dudes feel fear and they move past it. That's the end of the story. That's the whole point of this podcast. And I'm really proud of my daughter for overcoming her fear. And it really resonated with me. And and a lot of people really enjoyed the video. So I had to talk about it. Something I've been thinking a lot about. If you don't mind, I sure would appreciate it if you left a review or gave us a rating on however you listen to the podcast. It really helps people look and they search for podcasts that they want to listen to and they look for how many reviews you have. And that's always a factor. So if you could hop on there, leave, leave me a review. Let me know how it can be better. If there are topics you want to hear about, or if there's, there's somebody you want me to talk to, think I should interview, please let me know. I'm, I'm always looking for show ideas. Also do have the books out on Amazon, athlete to Christie and uh, Henry Sissel. OIF journal, OIF journal, Henry Sissel, excuse me. That that book also has an audiobook. I love audiobooks personally. I've really enjoyed making it. I uh, hope to do more in the future, maybe with a professional narrator this time and not not just me re-recording it dozens and dozens of times, but it's a good time. So if you have the time and the inclination, please take a look at those. Uh, and also give me some feedback. I, I'd love to know how I can be a better writer and, and a better communicator. I think that's super important. But I think I've wasted enough of your day. Hope you have a wonderful one and you can move past those little fears that stop you from doing things. Take care. Bye. My love for you will make me try forever. Until you see me, you know that I will.